I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. And I'm also joined by Bradley Tom. Brad, welcome. Good evening, Tom. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, really well, thank you. Look, that's all the pleasantries out of the way. Um, we had a really good week last week, didn't we? But, you know, first, second and second in the uh, in the betting. And, uh, yeah, Max Homer, Jason, one and done, you said, didn't you? You didn't want anybody else. You were all in on Max Homer. Um, seems foolish now to... For me to say that he probably wasn't a big enough price, especially after backing Bradley at thirty-three to one. Um, but ah, he was—I thought he was very good. I think Bradley had a couple of opportunities that he should have taken advantage of when Homer um, sort of lit slip. But otherwise, I thought it kind of went as it probably was expected when uh, when those two had the chance. Yeah, basically, it's exactly what Burns did at the house bar against um, Bradley as well. I think mm. you know they they. You know, Homer did have to grind. I mean, he was appalling yeah. for a couple of holes. But to be fair to him, you know, his, his you know his saves were just fantastic, and his even his bogey saves were great. And he looked happy. I didn't like his uh, putting stroke. I must be honest. It was a really long take back, wasn't it? Like I suppose a Snedeker is like really short and bang it, and that was really right. And he was there was a point where he went back four or five foot past on whatever hole it was coming home. And I thought, ah. Oh, um, but yeah, he held it together. He was, uh, you know, everybody loves Max Homer, don't they? He's great online. He's great in interview. Um, he just comes across a very nice bloke, doesn't he? Mm. Um, he's just you know, one of those no, people. Sorry, Chase. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no agenda to him, is there? He just wants to do the best that he can at the sport that he's been given a chance to do it at. And yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Bradley gave it. I thought people were a bit cruel. Um, I mean, yeah, he did. You know, there were a couple of. Three foot birdie putt or four foot birdie putt. Mm, that was that really didn't even touch the hole. That was crap. Yeah. yeah. But but he fought back, didn't he? He did yeah. fought back. He lost, he lost well, the lead. He went three behind. Considering yeah, considering he had that double on the second, I thought that was it. To be honest, I thought it was just he was going to go full Keegan and. Uh, you know, we weren't going to get much of a, a run out of him, but fair play. It was it was a bit of a roller coaster in the end. It was like up and down uh, between the two, and uh, he kept on fighting. And I, I got I got to give him credit for that. I know there were some silly mistakes out there that I know that he'll be ruined, Bradley. But to be fair, he he, he did give us a run in the end. Um, but Heimer was too good. It's just you know he bounced back. He had two doubles, didn't he? So mm. you know to finish where he finished was was really impressive. What yeah. what concerned me was he missed that short on the par three, wasn't it? Um, was it the twelfth maybe where he had a, a good chance to kind of bring it back? Uh, Homer was looked like he was dead where he was, and um, you know actually managed to salvage par. Uh, and Bradley had put it in close and, and didn't make anything of it. And then he hit that I can't remember which hole it was now, but he hit it really far left of the. Of the hole and then bumped yeah. and runned it, didn't he? Instead of actually just trying to fly it, and they were saying on the on the commentary that it was a bad decision. He just mm. had no confidence around the green. So I think there was a couple of couple of opportunities like that. But he made putts. I thought he actually most of the putting was pretty good. It was just that one where it really felt like Jason said. I think I think people being overly critical. I actually think it would have served him quite well yesterday. What he went through and overcame. It just mm. felt like as a as a whole, his putting was pretty good. I thought that, generally speaking, he 
got into his routine quicker than normal and, and didn't seem to back off as much. So yeah. um, I think there was a lot of positives. It just felt like the couple of times where Max Homer did open that door, uh, he, he just didn't walk through it because he hit the shots to set himself up and just didn't do it. It was more, mm-hmm. was more the concerning thing. So um, I think there was probably three or four times where I thought he was dead and then he came back. So um, good run from him. Obviously, Cameron Young were on as well. So that yep. was first, second and second. And then Lahiri as well in sixth. And even you can even go to CT Pan in 15th. It was a really solid week um, all round. So um, pretty happy with that. Jason, you, you had something else to say on that before we move on? Well, I just thought that it was fantastic. I thought the course was absolutely brilliant. I love the rain, love mm-hmm. the rubbish. Yeah, That's what we go on about every week because that's what we want to see, which we're not getting this week. Um, hmm. And as somebody tweeted earlier, it was like this that would have made a perfect prep for this week. I mean, yeah, that would be definitely a monkeys. You know, they're going, and there, there is, like, when we start this, there is a quote from Schwarzschild back then when they played at Quail Hollow, where he said he came into this week, sort of, and it took him a long time to adjust. Because um, at Quail Hollow, obviously, you, you don't go for every pin. Um, whereas over here, you just, just, anyway, we'll get to that in a minute, this boring competition. Um, but I thought it was a fantastic course. It, 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 with the weather, it was, you know, nine under winning is, is right up my alley, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially when there was there was opportunities as well to score lower than that, wasn't it? I think I think I wonder what it would have played to if the, if the weather wasn't so bad. I think there was, I guess, fortune in a certain aspect that the weather played into the hands and made it a tougher examination. Um, mm. I think that was on their side a little bit, which normally. No, sorry, Tom. Sorry, Tom. The bunkers, like the bunkers, were proper bunkers. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. You know what I mean? Homer had that one where it's twelve foot above his above his, you know, above his. Bowl. I love that. Yeah, and actually, to be fair, he bogeyed that hole. He's a really good bogey, but he wasn't that far away from no. getting that rolling properly. But yeah, the bunkers were proper bunkers. You know, it was you get you, you need to avoid them, and that makes everything far more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic. I hope they keep mm-hmm. it there forever. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. I think too, actually. Yeah, I, I would def- definitely prefer that to keep it there next year. But it won't. But... No, I do. I do wonder what would happen if, if it was perfect conditions, but. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? It was it was a really good week. Um, I actually thought Rory was pretty impressive over the weekend to, to come mm-hmm. back from from where he was. Um, he even missed a couple of good opportunities as well himself. Um, Fitzpatrick is interesting because he everyone talks about his putting and, and rightly so. It's obviously generally pretty good, um, but I do think on a Sunday, on the PJ Tour at least, it. It still seems to be the thing that holds it back. I know he was bogey free, and he made some really, really good par saving parts. Yeah, are, but he, yeah, if he's got a par save he, from like 15 feet or even like 10 foot or anything, he's going to hold it. Yeah. But if he's got a birdie opportunity, it's like it must be so infuriating. I mean, that's, I've that's been there, I've a million times, but it, it is so infuriating because you just think, mate, why can't you just hold exactly the same putt for a birdie? Mm. You know, it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's it's one of those ones where. You know, his strokes game passing all look really good because of the pass saves he made. Um, you know, when you see him on the telecast and he's ramming those in from 20 foot, 15 feet or whatever and, and hitting mm-hmm. him into the pin and dropping, you know, it's going to look good. And then you just, you cut to a five, six, seven footer and he misses it and you think, it's just, I don't know. It, it's weird because he's, he's such a, I don't know, if you call him prolific, I suppose you would on the on the DP World Tour um, and just hasn't been able to translate that. And bearing in mind he had a, you know, US amateur win and, and things like that, it's... Yeah, I don't been know. far away though, has he? And no. he's consistent. I just, I do think it is going to come. I do. It does feel like that, but then does it also feel like 
what we saw with Tommy Fleetwood and mm-hmm. you know yeah, it, it, you say that yeah I, I don't know I mean I guess they're very similar in terms of quality different different ways of doing it but I think in terms of level and, and what's expected of them I think there's, it's fairly similar so um, interesting one I, th- I think I think he if he doesn't break through soon uh, it's going to be a little bit of a worry because I think he's mm-hmm. he's going to almost try too hard and kick himself out but uh, I don't like that that cross-handed chipping um, mm-hmm. especially how far out he seems to do it he seems to do it on like an 80 yard pitch shot yesterday so um, not necessarily happy with that but it's not my problem is it so um, yeah I, I think I think all in all I think it was a really good golf tournament I thought it was one I really felt like I wanted to tune in watch the whole thing really enjoyed it um, so yeah I, th- I think overall pretty good event it's going to be better than this week's one but it's all setting up yeah, for, no, for a week the old British Masters that was a bit I was, I was British Masters um, broken for old Richie Ramsey. It was, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, have Richie Ramsey on the podcast before, and you can sort of tell with him how much another one, at least one win, will mean mm. to him. Um, and he played so well, didn't he, for for so long? It's one shot. Um, yeah. it, it was literally brilliant, tee to green, and then obviously it's just that one shot from the fairway. Probably left himself a bit too far back, actually, from his tee shot didn't hit his tee shot as well as he did wanted to on the on the 18th then he just hit it fat didn't he unfortunately and it just went nowhere and it's, it's how uh, you how you look at it i suppose isn't it because you you could argue yes it's only one shot but it was the most important one and and he you know duffed it and and that's a problem or you just look at it as it's you know the overall package of play was pretty i mean the first two days he only made one bogey uh it was just amazing, and even yesterday he made four four birdies to that one double, and I think he bogeyed maybe early on par three. But um, yeah, I thought he was really good, and and you know you, you feel sorry for him, and then you must think what you know Sebastian Soderberg felt you know, yeah. after what you know Olsen did. It, it kind of felt like they were leaning into it the whole time on the broadcast that no way can he possibly go eagle birdie, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, it, I can't believe it. When he did, but I was almost saying like, if he got a bird, if he got that eagle, I almost felt like he was just it was nailed on. He was going to make that putt down the last. You know, it was just, I just I just felt, I felt it. You know, I really did feel it when he had that opportunity on, on the 18th that it was just gonna he was gonna hold that. Yeah, and and I felt the same. I, mean, I, was, I was just said on the on the mayor show that like I don't want to sit here and after time and say I knew he was going to go after uh, eagle birdie because you don't like you can never even predict that. But as soon as that one in 17 winning you do think okay he's just that type of winner um mm-hmm. he's been here so many times before yes it's been a long time yes there's been other things that kind of contribute to that but he was terrible for the whole day and then and then just came oh, alive he, he couldn't find a swing he just no. couldn't and he, he was getting worked up about it and i i, I saw no way back for him yeah. honestly I, I saw no way back so what he did was just um unreal to be honest, all things considered, because he was crap for the most part of the day. The other one I felt a little bit sorry for was was Justin Waters, obviously struggling with with injury yeah. and actually played probably some of the better golf that he's played on a Sunday when in contention. Um, kind of Simon finished with with three plays on the last four holes. Um, uh, Hannah and Long were a little bit disappointing coming mm. in, weren't they? Um, they were the two that had opportunities as well yeah. on the seventeenth to like make that birdie i think it was the 17 or 16 and uh, they just they had good opportunities and they both missed and it's just a shame yeah i agree with all that jason any takes on the british masters before we move on no i saw the highlights um obviously what Allison did and fair play to him after what he's gone through but everybody said that um 
Justin Harding, who obviously I was on, yeah. um, would have made a lovely double. That would have been <laughs> life changing. Um, he was he was bizarre. I know you fancied him this week, but he was really strange. Yeah. He kept, you know, third round he hit the basically hit the front joint lead, and then you know hit six over for the next half a dozen holes. It was a really really bizarre tournament for Harding. Um, but to be honest, no, I, I you know it was it was what it was. I was rather hoping that Rasmus would play this week because. I was ready to lump on him this week, but he's not, so we have to move on to other things. Yeah, I mean, that means, we, you know, it takes it out of your hands. And, and Justin Harding was <laughs> very much in my considerations, but has uh, just withdrawn from the golf tournament after getting into the PGA Championship, which had just been announced. Uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are in the final uh, field list, so that's interesting. Oliver Becker's managed to sneak himself in there with his recent good play. So wow. um, some intriguing names in that entry list is worth going yeah. to have a look at. Um you know, after this show, but uh, let's go into the, the Sudal Open then. Uh, this is a golf course that we did see in 2017 and 2018 for the Belgian knockout. Um, that was two rounds of stroke play and then then the knockout format match play. Um, now just four rounds of stroke play, so a slightly different uh, proposition. But I don't think that will that will change too much. I think what worked before should work now. It's just going to be over a few more rounds. I do worry, Brad, that. Mm. people will pigeons pigeonhole this event as like accuracy over distance and you know you don't need to be long and 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 whereas i think it's a different game now and i think we see on the pj tour that every time they say it's big hitters only or short hitters only it never really pans out that way so i would almost just keep an open mind and sort of spread your selections a bit yeah i completely agree um i think as you said it's uh it's changed a lot since we've well since we've even been last like been here so yeah as you say, I think it's good to have a good, good array, a good mix on the card this week when going for uh, your selections. And and you know, you you mentioned to me earlier a message or to me and Jason about the the Qatar Masters, which has obviously got uh, a fairly obvious link in mm. the fact that that Guido and um, Otegi both played well there at that event over two different golf courses. So I think that kind of nice that it translates to both. Um, I also kind of thought that it was interesting. Uh, about Karen Country Club as well. I thought that, that you know, Guido had won there in the past and we're, we're yeah. sort of looking at kind of fiddlier, tighter tracks maybe, more, more accuracy over distance. If that is the line of thinking, then I thought those were interesting ones to uh, to remember. But other than that, Jace, anything on the course before we move on to the, the, the odds? No, I think you made it. You, I think you, you're absolutely right. I think it's it's it could be a mixture of anything. I really don't like this. It's... <laughs> it's uh, Anyway, there we it's, are. It's, um, it's been a really hard stretch. I think we've probably mentioned this maybe every show because I just keep repeating it to make excuses for not getting the winner. But um, it's been a really hard stretch for the DP World Tour in the fact that it's been really hard to trust stats. It's been really hard to piece together. You know, there's been no back-to-back weeks for X amount of time. And I do think we're coming into a little better, of, little bit of a better schedule as, as we, you know, as we look into the summer, which is nice. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, a course that we haven't seen for four years. And when we did last see it was a different format. Um, does make you wonder. There's obviously been changes to the golf course since then, I think. Um, but look, let's let's look. Bernd Wiesberger is favourite, eighteen to one biggest price. That's been his mm-hmm. placeholder price and slot in the betting for God knows how long now. Thomas Peters best price, twenty two to one, same as Sam Horsfield and Ryan Fox. Uh, Adrian Moronk, there's some twenty five, twenty eight with some obscure bookmakers. Thomas Dietrich, 28 to 1, and then Adrian Otegi at uh, 28's 30s. 
I'll come to you first, Jace. Was there, you know, you sort of mentioned to us about Thomas Peters being closer to the favourite. He is now closer to the favourite. Has that kind of changed your mind on him at all? Was someone that you are considering betting? No, I, th- I think he's got the potential. I mean, with Beesberger ranking 149th in the world in putting or something like that, um, and continuing to show that he's worthy of that status, to be honest with you. Um, I'd worry about him, yeah, mm. to be honest with you. Um, every day, every time we look at him and we think, this is the week, all he has to do is do, go above average on putting. And it's 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 just shocking, isn't it? Yeah. It's there in front of you. It's on tour tips. Have a look down the putting. It's just yep. unbelievable. He's lost strokes and proper strokes in virtually every tournament he's played. Well, it is every tournament he's played. <laughs> you know, uh, the fact that he's best is ranking sort of 44th and 48th. Um, in the desert, it's, it's, it's just not good enough, is it? Um, he's got a problem. Just instantly, there was a tweet earlier that said um, Max Homer and Keegan Bradley had both gone to Phil Kenyon for pain. Now, I don't get that much into things, but, um, you know, that might be significant. Um, and so perhaps they should give, you know, Wiesberger his number. Yeah. Uh, because that is the only thing that's stopping him, but it's been going on for far, far too long now. Um, I mean, you're going to, you know, you're all going to have a go at Will Zalatoris when I put him up, obviously, as you've already said. Um, but my God, I mean, you know, he'd win a putting competition, you know, 15 and nothing, wouldn't he, <laughs> against, against Beesberger, really. Um, it, it, so, no, I mean, respect to him, but uh, absolutely no. T- uh, Peters, I think, is the class of the field, to be honest. Um, how good form he's in, I don't know. He must have got into the, what's it called, PGA, mustn't he? Yep, he's sure. in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so whether he bothers or not, he's just turning up because it's in his home country. Um, I, I think, are you fancy Ryan Fox here, Tom? I did, I did, uh, and then I've kind of planted my flag right. with one other. But okay. I do, I, I do think on. he's the better one. I put him on. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't have him. You've taken him off. I put him on. Um, <laughs> You're probably yeah, winning obviously, now. Obviously, absolutely flying. Um, Tita Green is second over the last eight weeks. You know, obviously smashes the ball. You know, um, my worry was that obviously he's not the most accurate of people. He just gets up, smashes it, and then he's pretty good after that when he finds it. Um, he's also in the top 20 for greens in reg over the last three months but it was that fourth at Valderrama that was um, yeah. amazingly surprising you know I think everybody would would agree that that's, that's you know not where we'd expect Fox to do but he did do it um, and all his wins are low scores and we, we expect that this week so 23 under in Australia 17 under Australia 22 under obviously when he won a few weeks ago Challenge Tour 14 and 19 under and just out of interest, I mean, you, you have to think Otegi is going to do far better here yeah. uh, than he did. And he beat him three and two in the Super Sixes. Um, so an extremely spurious connection, <laughs> you know, um, there. I, I think Fox looks like, you know, he's just going to be there. And if you want one from the top, he, he, uh, you know, he's the one I'll go for. Yeah, I think of, of those ones that I mentioned there, Fox would definitely be the one for me. And you, you referenced uh, Valderrama and the kind of surprising aspects of him contending there. And you look, and this kind of relates to the earlier point I just made about not getting too much, not, not pigeonholing yourself to bigger hitters or short hitters or whatever. Minwoo Lee was second there. Laurie Cantor was fourth. Ryan Fox was fourth. Like, they're not players that you expected. You expected the Fitzpatricks, the Lipskis, the Robert Rocks, whatever, to, to kind of do what they did around Valderrama and not them. And it's, it's not just that the game is changing. I do think you can kind of work your way around it now if you're just playing... You know, as good as Ryan Fox in. I mean, first, fifteenth, ninth, eighth. There's literally nothing to dislike, is there? Um, you know, bearing in mind that fourth, that Valderrama probably started all of this as well. Um, 
I, I'm yeah, I'm really impressed with him. I, I thought the price was a little bit um, short, which is which is why I did go against it in the end. And then the one that I have put in instead, uh, I'll just come to him now. Was was Victor Perez and. He opened up at 50s. That's obviously gone. He then went to 40s. That's obviously gone now. Uh, he's popular for a reason, right? You know, it's he's playing better now, which is obviously important. Um, seventh and nineteenth in tees green. His last two made cuts, and he was eighth and twenty-first in those fields. It's a weaker field than what he's been playing in, which I think is important. He was, he says he was sixth here. I don't know what that kind of equates to when he got to the knockout part. But he played okay in the stroke play bit 2018. I wouldn't necessarily factor that in, but I do think it's a good golf course for Victor Perez. Um, that would probably be my one from the top. It's just the, the shorter price, Brad, does concern me a little bit. It's, it's come in. Obviously, yeah. I know you put him up earlier on um, mm-hmm. at the bigger prices, but I, I do still think the 33 and 35 and, and things like that are. I mean, you can get 33, 8 places. 33s would be. I think 33 would be probably be the limit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I echo everything you said, and um, like he's he's been really good. I think there's improvement. Like he's been ranking inside the top 20, like for both off the tee and approach. Yeah. It's literally just a short game, like that, and mainly just this game around the green. Like, it's just letting him down, um, and it hasn't been good, really, has it? Like when you look on a bigger scale, like since that ninth place finish at the Players, fourth place finish at the Match Play, everyone expected him to push on. It's been quite the opposite, really, hasn't it? And uh, but there just seems to be a little bit of sign of life the last uh, few weeks. I know he had that missed cut in between, but there's just signs that maybe he'll be returning to a bit of form. Um, and as you said, he's had that sixth place finish here. Um, he's played it twice, and even the missed cut wasn't bad, like 72, 69. And he's he's just a classy player when he's on song. So I, th- I think there's just enough. There's enough signs in the last few weeks to suggest he might be shaping up to a big performance. This, uh, hopefully it's here. Yeah, I mean, when he, when he was eighth at the Hand of Championship and everyone kind of jumped on then, didn't they, after it for mm-hmm. the Catalonia? And I, I was a little bit concerned that maybe it was just... I, I, was, I think I was on him, yeah. Yeah, one, one swallow doesn't make a summer or whatever the saying is. I think that's right. Um, but then he comes back this week and, and does it. And I think... I don't think you can underestimate how gutted he would have been to miss that Ryder Cup, like be, to be in for it for so long in, in the oh, in the yeah. team and lose out, I think that probably took its toll. Yeah. Um, you know, three missed cuts around that time before he finished eighth at Portugal, which is obviously an easier golf course. He's going to get something like that this week. I do think with the, the slightly weaker fields and than what he's generally been used to over the last couple of seasons will probably benefit. There was just a lot going on last year. Like he was playing in major championships, he was playing in WGCs. Like he. He, what was he top 10 at the players um you know i think i think last year i think now he can kind of focus all his attention back on the dp world tour is beneficial so um yeah that that would be my take on victor Perez. the price is disappointing i don't think the 50s was ever a price that was right so it doesn't really bother me i think the drop from 40 to 33 is kind of what you've got to consider um yep. and, and 33 to one's probably still just about fine for me just because i think that that in relation to to Moronk and Dietrich and and that is absolutely fine. Um, interestingly enough, Brad, this so we've, we've both aligned on those ones, and we mm-hmm. last week we had I think three players that we both agreed on. We've now yeah. got two that we're agreeing on in JC Ritchie at, at fifty mm-hmm. to one. Um, absolutely love it. I'll, I'll give my spill and then and then you can do yours. Um, JC Ritchie has four top twenty six finishes in a row. 
Um, he was eighth last week, where he was fourth in approach and thirteenth tee to green. I think the field is weak enough that he can kind of get that win that you you see South Africans kind of make the leap. But he's not necessarily that that player, Brad, that is looking for their first. He's at eight wins. They've all, yeah. all come in South Africa, but that's since 2017. I know you, we kind of spoke off air and you, you sort of compared him to some of the others that South Africans are breaking yeah, through, and it's probably a bit of a surprise yeah. he hasn't stepped forward. No, 100%. Like, it's, it's just like eight wins, and people like they'll say, oh, it's the Sunshine Tour and it's the Challenge Tour, but these are really competitive tours, and we, we, we see how competitive they are with how many South Africans are dominate, like, are doing, have come off that tour to the European Tour in the past and the PGA Tour. I mean, they produce some brilliant players. It's, it's some feat, and it's really surprising that he hasn't really translated that form like over, over here yet. And it actually was his best finish outside of South Africa last week at the British Open, yeah. where he finished tied eighth. So, yeah, he's, that's, that's something to build on. And it's going to give him some confidence. I remember when he had that really good... He's been playing the Challenge Tour. He had two wins, two top 10 finishes. And I remember reading an article that said that he was feeling exhausted because he was just constantly in contention like every week. And it must take it out of you. Yeah. And he only needs one more win to get that to get his card. Um, but he's had that little break now. I think he's had four weeks off. He played the Tour Championship in Sunshine on the Sunshine Tour. He finished 21st out of 30, which is poor. Um, really for his level um, but he got better every every round and then he did the same this week at the British Masters so he's had that break and I think he's just slowly getting into his um, his groove again and it's a it's a big chance for him this week you know so I mean it's, he's it's a, he needs to start showing up on the big stage he's going to get his card next year anyway but if he wins this week he'll, he'll automatically get it so yeah uh, I, I think as you already said he's a winner he played the course before, uh, back in 2019, and he has that 66 first round, which yeah. is a real eye-catcher. And as I said to you off air, um, I, if you told me about like Becker and uh, Henny, if you said to me like a, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, that they're, they're going to be ahead like development-wise as a player, um, I would have been like, yeah, good joke. You know, because <laughs> like, Richie is just, for me, is a much higher ceiling. And I know... It doesn't matter which you can. There's all ups and downs in golf, but uh, Rich is a winner, and it, he he will have his time, and I'm pretty confident this um, that he will um, break through at some point, um, or at least establish himself as a good player on this tour. So yeah, I'm expecting um, a good performance for him this week. So I'm I'm quite excited to take him. I kind of think back to the Open Championship last summer and. Tied 40 is nothing, right? Like, it's not a massive finish, but he just played really solidly for the first three days. And then on Sunday, shot a 66, and it just mm. kind of shows his kind of scoring capability. I know it wasn't an open championship in the truest sense, but, you know, he just went out there and shot a really good number to, to kind of get himself up into that top 40 position. And then mm. I think back to his better finishes and on the, the kind of co-sanctioned events, and they're still in South Africa, but... The SI Open that Chris Paisley beat uh, Brandon Gracie. Uh, JC Ritchie shot a pair of 65s over the weekend. Now, mm. that's proper crunch time, the the two weekend round. He's obviously played himself out of it with a slow start. But, yeah. uh, you know, I guess with the pressure off, that's a little bit easier to do. But I just think he's got such good ca- scoring capability. It almost would have been beneficial, I think. And there's probably a couple of players like this, I think. Um, it might have been beneficial that it was just still the knockout format that he could have got 
into the kind of match play part and, and been streaky because he can just make birdies and bunches. But mm-hmm. um, I'm happy to kind of take a chance that he does it for four rounds, um, especially now Harding's out. It's another, or well, potentially mm-hmm. out. That's that's what we've seen. <laughs> um, I think that's one knocked off. Richard mm-hmm. Mansell I thought was interesting, but when I looked at the same price, like Mansell's just had that kind of standout performance last week. And that was a real step forward. And I looked at that and thought, oh, that, that's what I've been waiting to see from Richard Mansell. You know, let, let's do it. He's gone 30th, 26th, 8th. And it felt like a real time where he's actually stepped forward on a DP World Tour. And then you think, well, Richie's actually just finished tied 8th as well. And he's got the eight wins on the Sunshine Tour, which yeah. Mansell hasn't got anywhere. I know he's won, what, like the English Tour or whatever. Like, he's never won on the Challenge Tour or anything like that. So... Exactly. When I put and, it and, he's shown that he's, and he's shown that he's played. He's got, that's like that, that round of 66 is I, I, that is something. You know that is that he shows what he's capable of doing around here. You know, so I'm always yeah. worried when I feel this good about someone at like 50 to one because it never. Oh, seems I know to go it never well. ends well. It never ends well. Um, I, I absolutely love him this week. But we'll try. I mean, it worked for Jason last week when he said one and done with Max Homer. Um, I'm not yeah. quite one and done with JC Ritchie. That would be barbaric. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I'm quite quite confident. So bold. Um, Jace, any for you in this kind of 40, 50, 60 to 1 range? (laughs) Well, to be honest, I have Mansell written down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I do. I have Mansell written down just because he's trending. But I absolutely agree with you. I think um, when you compare that to somebody like Richie, you make a fantastic case for him. And you're absolutely right. And Mansell hasn't shown enough or anything really in contention for us to make a decision on. And at the same price, yeah, I, I, I have to say that. Yeah, the only thing I, I do think about Mansell is at least there's a bit of an unknown. You know, it's not like Laurie Kanza where we know yeah. he's crap on Sunday. Like, mm. Richard Mansell hasn't been there. He shot 68 yesterday to uh, kind of climb, didn't he? But the, the, problem, the problem is you've got you, you've got people like, um, okay, you know, he's a naughty, I know he's totally exposed, you mm-hmm. know, the pants and winners. You know, Rosner, winner. Ashen Wu, winner. Mm-hmm. Richie Ramsey, flying, yeah? And, and, and won't mind three line courses at all. Uh, Bjork, who turns up in, in not necessarily here, but turns up in pro- Juice Lauten is showing tiny bits now. Mm. You know, can you can you be on at you know at 75 and 60 before he starts showing properly? Um, when you look at that, you do then look at Mansell and think he really should be 66 plus. Um, it, so I went I, I went off him. He, he's just one of those like stat darlings, isn't he? Like he's brilliant off the tee. Um, yeah. His approach numbers were good last week, so people he's trend that the form is pleasantly trending. Um, so it's just one of those, isn't it? But I would guess that he probably won't be very good on a Sunday if he gets there. Uh, that is just prediction. He could be absolutely brilliant. You never know. Some people just come in and, and win straight away, don't like a Valimaki and a Rosner and people like that, and, mm. and others don't. Um, I don't know, Brad. What do you think? Well, I was on him last week, and I, he, pleasant, he, he surprised he was the only one who actually returned hmm. um, from the 10 places. So I, I put my faith in him last week, and... Uh, yeah, again, like you said, he always, from the stats, he looks he looks brilliant. But you just don't know what you're going to get from him if he was to get in contention on a Sunday. I think it was a bit like how Gavin's won. You know, he's what well, he's just going to shoot the lights out uh, on a Sunday probably, and you know, set a clubhouse lead, and you just, it'll give him a chance that way. I, I mean, even Armitage Armitage had to uh, come, you know, set, do exactly the same yeah. almost. Um, I don't know what it is with these talented English players they just very seldom have the bottle to uh, get the job done on a Sunday I think we're just so pessimistic by nature English people that we just think it's going to go wrong on Sunday so it does um, <laughs> and, and it probably leaks into the professional minds as well uh, mm. unless you're just completely arrogant and, and real self-belief that 
but it doesn't happen. Mm. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Daniel Gavins because I was going to reference that, Jason, when, when you were speaking earlier about Wiesberger because we say, like, with Daniel Gavins, like, as, when he finds a putting stroke, he will play well. But we're saying that about 150 to 1 <laughs> shot or 100 to 1 shot, whereas with Wiesberger, you're saying it about an 18 to 1 shot. That is the difference, isn't it? I mean, that would be a good... Uh, putting playoff between Daniel Gavins and Bert Wiesberger. Um, <laughs> that would probably be the longest playoff in history. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's one of those ones where you, you don't want to have those same concerns over an 18 to 1 shot to 150 to 1 shot. So that was my piece that I wanted to say earlier and then and didn't. Interestingly enough, like we, we mentioned Mansell there. And another player that's kind of showing that similar sort of form, and I didn't like what he did yesterday, we, we kind of spoke about this briefly as well, was uh, Hurley Long. And it was quite interesting because at least he's had that kind of challenge to win. He won the Italian Challenge in 2020. Um, I don't know if that was always meant to be 54 holes, whether it was shortened. But if it was shortened, that would possibly change my mind a little bit. But he's also got a second to Christophe Ulanez at the, the, the Challenge Dicazes and stuff. So he's been there and been in contention a bit more. Yes. Um, whereas Mansell hasn't. He's got a third, a second and a sixth this season. And the second came in Kenya where, you know, We've we've already seen Guido Migliozzi win as well, so I thought that was interesting. Um, I yeah, he's a bigger price. Yeah, different golf that, course. Is that like English tax? Open. Yeah, I is think that... it is English tax, isn't it? Because we want, <laughs> and I suppose and I suppose he stands out a little bit. I haven't even looked at that until you pointed it out. Is, I can't <laughs> believe that Hurley Long is actually a bigger price than Richard Mansell, considered guess... considering what he's achieved this year. I guess uh, statistically, uh, he probably stands out better than Mansell. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people yeah. that don't watch golf, and that's not that's not a criticism of them, but people that just read the stats and models and things like that will just see that Mansell's a better player and plug him in, right? Mm-hmm. It, you've got to get that kind of where have they done before? Have they been in the you know in contention? Now that the um, second place that Kenya opened that reference was at Mathiga rather than Karen, as opposed to you know where Guido won, but. I still think it's interesting, similar sort of golf courses, and that might just be a factor. So I'd be yeah. interested to see how Hurley Long bounced back. I don't know that I'm confident enough. I mean, the 80 to 1 was nice until I realised it was for four places of 50 odds. So, um, yeah. What about Vector playing at? What is this new thing they're doing this week? They, they did have Xander Shuffle at 150 to 1 for about three hours. So um, that yeah. was interesting. But um, I saw that, yeah. I think we've Hurley Long, like. 66 to 1, eight places, I think is actually pretty fair. Like when you consider. It's, it's this, a good price, actually. This year, yeah. 18th, 3rd, 2nd, 21st. I mean, if you step back and look at the bigger picture since he's graduated, he's adapted really well to life on the tour. Yeah. And we know he can win. Like he has he has yeah. got a victory. Yeah. You know, okay, it was over 54 holes and it's slightly different. I'm, but I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed. And he went 73, 73. But, you know, if you actually watch him, he's still got a smile on his face. Uh. He's just playing, you know, obviously he'll be very disappointed, but he's actually got a really good mentality. And I quite, he's quite, I really do quite like him actually to watch and um, as a golfer in general. So I do think he will have his moment at some point. Um, It was Saturday, wasn't it, where he he was really poor for most of the day. He was a bit like Hollison was yesterday. And then he bounced back really nicely over the last five holes. He made three birdies. And then he did the opposite yesterday almost. So, there would be concerns, but at least he's been there and, and had a couple of chances. And I st- I st- that was a tough golf course. I wouldn't necessarily write anything off just because he had a bad weekend there. No, no, I agree. So 
all of that said, I might actually add Hurley Long to my selections. Um, mm. One to ponder for the next uh, little while. One that's definitely on my list is Sebastian Soderberg. I just thought he was so unfortunate yesterday. Um, did everything that he needed to do. Sat in the clubhouse, was favourite for God knows how long. <laughs> did you see his face when Hollison uh, <laughs> held that eagle? He was like, oh, shit. Yeah, he, he knew he's... it was coming, didn't he? And he stepped, he went to the range. Yeah. I was like, he, he knew what was coming, and, and that's tough, right? And, and I think... Oh, I felt for him, yeah. What I like about Soderberg is we've mentioned all those golf courses. Uh, Migliozzi won at Caron. He won at Caron, albeit on the Challenge Tour. They both finished second at the Belfry. Soderberg's won at Crans. Guido was seventh there. Soderberg's second at Valderrama. Guido sixth there. And he's also top ten in that Scottish Championship that Tagi won as well. So he seems to be able to follow their kind of courses that they like. Uh, whether they actually match up to the course this week, I don't really know. But just the fact that they play those wells, he kind of follows them around, I quite like. Um, shot 67-69 in a stroke play part here in 2018, which was fine. Um, hit the ball well last week. You know, 12th in tees green, 17th in approach on tour tip. So 80-1 with the standout price still, I thought that was absolutely fine. Is there concerns that last week was so disappointing that he struggles to come back possibly but he also does kind of put back-to-back performances it was only a little while that he went back-to-back seconds at Valderrama and Mallorca and if he does another second place at 80 to 1 it's not a bad place price anyway um I don't ever play them thinking they can't win but it, it would be it would be a fine price uh, to take a, an each way play so Sebastian Soderberg 80 to 1 hits the ball well unlucky not to uh, win last week Jace, any more of these before we got into the 100 to 1 lots? I thought Van Tonda was interesting. You hmm. went on about Richie winning at home. Um, he's obviously won at home and won Kenya. Yeah. Uh, won his home tour championship, which contained, uh, well, most South Africans you can think of that play now. Becker, Duplissi, Burmester, Bez, Justin Harding. You know, they're all there. Um, everybody, Dylan Fratelli, Friston Lawrence. So that was a, that was a cracking effort. Um, isn't doing anything particularly special, but then I'm not sure you will have to do anything particularly special here this week. Um, so I just thought the comparison with Richie, I know Richie's playing slightly better, yeah. um, but um, the comparison was there, and yeah. he, was, he was fair at the price, nothing giveaway. But like you say, he's he's a multiple, multiple winner on like, on a comparative court, if you like, um, in Kenya, and yet he's bigger priced than, again, Richard Mansell. Or, you know, Matt Jordan, who hasn't won, or Tanati, who hasn't won for a million years. So I thought he was interesting. Um, and before he gets to treble figures, again, Ewan Ferguson at 80. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's he's better than this, isn't he? He's better than him. Those, you know, poor efforts that he has in between a win. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously he led at Kenya, didn't he, into the final day? Yep. Um, on his go around Kenya. One uh, could experience he had, Sorry? One at Qatar as well, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, no, a British Isles player that had to come from behind. But he did it well there. I mean, nobody wanted to win, but that, he couldn't help that. Uh, putted really well. Those two were of interest, you know, but probably more um, top 10s and top 20s and stuff like that when they, they come out properly. Yeah. Um, other than that, no, that was, that was, yeah, it was pants in it. Yeah, I think, you know, Van Tonder, very very similar. Like you say to Richie, he had, I think he's got nine victories and eight of them were, were kind of before he got that win on the European Tour, ripped out uh, Oliver Becker's heart and mine in the same time. So still haven't forgiven him for that one. Uh, but, you know, very, very good. Bit of a unique swing, find it quite hard to watch thinking that's actually going to go the right way, but it does. But you um, can watch you can watch Bradley do that 
club as well. Oh, I love it. I actually think Keegan Bradley's one of my favourite golfers. Oh, you're trolling. Well, no, I do. I, I really love Keegan Bradley. I always have done, um, apart from when he was tearing us apart at the Ryder Cup. Um, just think he gets a very bad rep. I know he's fidgety. I know it's annoying. Um, but just seems like quite a nice guy. Wins when you know every now and then again he did actually murder me when i had a justin rose matthew fitzpatrick double and he won that playoff but again you know yeah. that's not his fault he's got I a win i think i've said it before it's just that jimenez incident that really uh got my uh got me uh worked up i think jimenez was probably a bit of an arsehole at the time <laughs> i'm just so team i'm so biased <laughs> listen i nicknamed uh jimenez legend when we were all on the on the bet, fair betting forum, that was his name. That's what yeah. he was known as. You can't can't slag off Miguel, mate. Oh yeah. well, He's, I mean, it, he is such a geezer. <laughs> yeah, he is a geezer. He is a geezer, but he's also probably a bit of an arsehole in that moment. But anyway, that's not the theme of the podcast, is it? So let's, let's move on from that point of contention. Um, I do like Keegan Bradley. I'm very sorry to see him not win last year. We really did go off on one there, didn't we? We did. It happens sometimes. That's why we can't keep these podcasts under an hour. Um, <laughs> Eddie Pepperell for me, I'm going to go with again for my sins. I'm, I'm not sure why I've kind of latched on to Eddie Pepperell thinking this is going to happen for him sometime soon, but I do. I just think he's shown some things. If the Qatar link that you made, Brad, is a thing, then he's obviously won and finished fourth there. Um, I always thought with Pepperell that you looked at him driving and thought that now he's coming to a golf course where he doesn't have to drive, that's actually a bonus. But it wasn't his driving that was a problem, it was his putting. Um, over the weekend, so his driving's absolutely fine, which is okay. He doesn't need to hit that here as much. That might take the pressure off as well. Just feels like he's rounding into something. I don't think, obviously, 48 for whatever it was that he finished last week is anything special, but just the fact that he's played another four rounds, when you miss as many cuts as he did in a you know decent long period of time, it, when you actually play four rounds, I think it is so... So... What's the word? Okay. Get your reps in yeah, almost, just, you know, competitive just, reps. Yeah, you know where you are then. Like, even with a 48th place finish, you know what you're doing well and what you're not. When you go home at the weekend, you you haven't really got anything to base it on. You've, you've only played two rounds and you're done. So um, I think there's just signs of life at 100 to 1. So I'm going to take another chance with Pepperell. Probably plays out the same way as he did last week. But uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Last one for you at a similar price. Uh, Brad is yeah. Espin Kofstad. That's right, yeah, Kofstad. And, well, he hasn't really had the same sort of, uh, uh, well, he's sort of like, obviously, he's got his car back. But when you compare him to other people that have uh, graduated off the tour, this, yeah, it hasn't really hasn't really made much of an impact. Like, he's missed five cuts, yeah. and his best finish was in Kenya, uh, tied 17th. But I find him quite appealing for this week because he's managed, he's managed consecutive weeks of making the cut. With a couple of solid finishes, he finished... 22nd at the Catalina Championship and 36th last week and his iron play looks to be trending in the right direction, 39th in approach in Spain and 23rd this week and uh, he's also a big improvement with his game around the greens and in his only appearance here um, at the Belgian knockout uh, he finished 19th but in them two stroke play rounds he shot 66 and 67 to finish third um, which that just emphasises what he can do here and with those positive recent results and the trending approach play, it could be a good time to chance him. Um, yeah, 125 to 1. Uh, yeah, why not? Naturally, on this show, we talk a lot about peak performance and having a whole package 
when it comes to winning golf tournaments. But you know who else focused on these two areas as well? Manscaped. Manscaped took their Lawnmower 4.0 product and put it together with all the necessary components to make the Performance Package 4.0. Including this package is the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, which takes care of nose and ear hair, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which are essential for your balls, and two free gifts, including a premium wash bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxes. Now this set is normally $218, but is $130 for a limited time only, and with our 20% code LFW20, that will now be brought down even further to $104. In the UK, this will be £96 instead of £120, and again, the Performance Package 4.0 helps you and these elite golfers, if they so wish, stay in peak shape below the waist. That is code LFW20 for 20% off site-wide and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. Yeah, I think this is where kind of tour tips comes in its own on this course form because you do need to actually hover over onto the figures and just see what that, you know, what a 39th place finish or whatever meant. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you need mm, to see what yeah. they did in the stroke play part. It's just so brilliant for that. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's probably my favourite thing is I use that a lot for the first round leader, just seeing if they shot two low rounds and two really high ones, they can do it for one day. Do you know what I mean? So mm. um, I think that's very beneficial to use and, and that's something I would advise. Um, I haven't got any more. I, I, I kind of looked at the fact that Sean Crocker hit his irons well in round one and his driver well in round two, which suggests that these long games coming back. Uh, the fact that he didn't do both on the same day worries me a little bit. That it's still a little bit off. Um and he's just not been playing well in general. I thought it was interesting that he has now found a little bit, if that's kind of a sign of things to come. We saw with like Hibert last week, things can just change a little bit on a dime. Yeah. So um, other than that, I didn't really have anything else. Was there anything else for you, James? No, it's, diff- it's so difficult, isn't it? Because mm. I, I do think with, with sort of the European tour, is, or DP World Tour, yeah. is now becoming one of those where it's just, you know, anybody can flick it on. Yeah. Um, you know, Laporta at 150. You yeah. know, you don't go back that far, yeah? Um, your mate, James Morrison, I, you know, not a huge fan, but, you know, could he get in top seven, top eight here? Of course he could, yeah. Around here, Sharma, who's out of form. But, again, another test that, that might suit him. Horrible. I, I did like Gavin's, which is why I laughed so much when, <laughs> uh, when you were talking about him. Um, again, not convinced I'd expect him to win, but let's compare him again. So I, I think what we're saying is Richard Mance was too short. Uh, you know, you compare him again, he's a winner. Yeah. Uh, and he's flying and he's, he's putting in figures. Um, and it's just, you know, if these people continue to put in these impressive tee to green approach figures, they're only going to need an above average putting week. And that can happen. You know, or as you say, you know, you, you play well enough to be within four on final day. And uh, you just have one of them days. Uh, you know, look happened what happened last week. Uh, I don't know. I really, really don't like it at all. Um, but there we are. We've got to make selections. Um, I'll probably have a couple of wages, a couple of top 10s, top 20s, and maybe cross doubles. But it won't be of any significance. No, I think, I think it's another one where no, it's better to keep yourself open for next week. Um, one person's name is Danny. I think you just mentioned him. Shabanka Sharma's like, just the name value is, is pretty good at this kind of price range. And, he actually ranked inside the top 10 of his irons in the round two last week, gained over three strokes on the field. So that may be a sign of things, but otherwise I really didn't. It was one of those ones that there's just so, there is so many names down here. Jack's seen brass on. I've been kind of mm-hmm. keeping an eye on. Like you, you could just 
pluck out a few and just do it because yeah, of the... Gavin Green as well. Yeah, Gavin Green, Sky put him up on our show. Like, he's actually showing some good stuff. Like, I like him for a first round leader as well, maybe. Yeah, as well. That's, that's always a play to play Gavin Green because he, he mm. can't do any other ups. So, um, yeah, I like <laughs> it. I, th- I think I think there's there's plenty of people if you wanted to play a bit of roulette down here and, and pick between a few names and throw a dartboard, you could. But and there will be there will be two or three. Um, probably inside the top ten from hundred odds to one, but yeah. it's ju- it's just so hard to get ones which ones they are, which mm-hmm. is why the odds they are. So um, that's a good way to segue into Byron Nelson to get a bit tongue tied there. Um, back to a golf course that we saw last year in TPC Craig Ranch. Like Jason's already alluded to, it's not going to be difficult. Uh, there's going to be plenty of birdies made, so it's just a case of who's going to make the most putts. So it's good job John Rahm's not here, always be swearing about it being a putting contest. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, unsurprisingly, is a favourite at 10 to 1. Justin Thomas, 14 to 1. And then it's 20 to 1. Xander Schauffele, 22 to 1. Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth. And Sam Burns is kind of in that 20 to 1 range as well. Will yeah. Zalatoris, 22 to 1, we mentioned. So let's cut off there because that's kind of already seven players. So I'll, I'll go first. I love Jordan Spieth. And it's really random to me when I like Jordan Spieth. And it probably doesn't end very well, uh, which is something I would probably <laughs> probably prelude before we uh, go any further. But I just think his form after winning is just so impressive. He seems to keep it on. Um, he was third at the Masters after winning Pebble last year. Um, he won the Open the start after winning Travellers in 2017. He finished 22nd at Riviera, which is not a great golf course for him after winning Pebble in 2017. 2016, he uh, won the Tournament of Champions and was 5th in Abu Dhabi and 2nd in Singapore. Then he won the Dean and DeLuca and was 57th at Memorial, which is obviously not great. But then he won the Australian Open and finished 6th at the Hero. 2015, he won the Valspar, then 2nd at the Valero. Then he won the US Open and John Deere back-to-back and then finished 4th at the Open. Then he won the Tour Championship and finished 7th at the WGC HSBC. And in 2014, he won the Australian Open, then won the Hero. And then his first win was in 2013 at John Deere, and he finished 44th at the Open. So all of that to say that he does play very well after winning. When you look at the fact that he was first in Tees Green at the Heritage and the Valero, he was second and 10th with his irons that week as well. He was ninth here last year when he was playing after the Masters. He co-led after round one with uh, JJ Spawn with a 63 on Thursday and then shot a 66 on Saturday as well. 14th in par four, uh, par five scoring, sorry. I just thought there was a lot to like about Jordan Spieth who plays his best golf in Texas, unsurprisingly. So I was really surprised that there was actually a two in front of his name. Um, I'm mm. going to gang up on Xander Schauffele and say I don't understand why Jordan Spieth is bigger than Xander Schauffele. Um, well, that's about it for the summary well, from Jordan Spieth. Right. Yeah, no, sorry, I was just saying I'll make you right. I think you make a really good argument. And also, even to say that he's the same price as Zalatoris as well. Yeah. Um, as well, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I didn't really give Spieth much of a look. But the more I've, since you've uh, fair, you were don't, talking don't about him and now and yeah. listening to your argument, it's uh, yeah, you make a really good case. And as you say, Spieth in Texas is just, it's just dangerous. Well, I think I think you can obviously apply that kind of thinking to Zalatoris. It's a it's a relatively That's, home game for him, but. What I don't like, I just don't, I just, yeah, we're going to go to putt. We're going to say the same thing, aren't we? It's the putt. I, I, I don't like him in birdie contests, personally. Like where, where I think there's just going to be a load of birdies, it's just, it's not something I really, someone I really uh, 
look at, to be fair. What was it? He was 17th in this last year, wasn't he? Um, mm. I think it's very much fair to say that he's playing better now and he was coming off the kind of second at the Masters, so um, maybe a little bit of distraction kind of point of view here. But he's been second at Torrey Pines, obviously losing that playoff to Luke List. He'd already been sixth the week before. He was sixth at the Masters on his last start. There's everything to like, Jace, about Bulls out of Tories. To me, I just, I just wanted... Like I don't put him next to Jordan Spieth yet in prices, no matter how much I kind of bash on Jordan Spieth in the past, um, and how much I've, I've loved Zalatoris. I just think that I'd actually rather back him. Even at thirty-three to one doesn't sound massive for a major championship. I'd rather back him at thirty-three to one for a major than twenty-two to one for this. Um, I've lost my screen with last year's prices, but um, <laughs> Scotty Scheffler was twenty-two, twenty-five to one for this last year as a maiden as well. Yeah. Um, just to put that into perspective, and, and yeah. there's really. But apart from the wins, there is a Nats whisker between Wolves uh, Alatoris and Scotty Scheffler, I think, in terms of talent. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's oh, nothing. I'd agree with that, they're definitely. Just, they're just outstanding golfers. Just one um, so, so there we are. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought that Alatoris showed a little bit more pattern wise in um, over the last two or three tournaments. Mm. Um, you know, there were times, I know it was a nonsense event last time, um, but there were times during that that. You looked at it and he had a, a five foot, six foot putt, and you thought, ah, oh, you know, he's just going to let his partner down. And uh, he didn't. Um, so I thought there was a little bit more there. He knows what he's got to do mm-hmm. to win. Uh, you know, he's had a little break. I've no idea, you know, what he's done because I've got little red line blue circles on my screen now. And that's a real problem. Um, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, I'll just make. All oh, right, okay, we're back. Uh, it's just everything about him. I, you know, I'll go on. I agree with Brad's first selection. I think amazingly confident. Sam Burns mm. um, but I don't I just think Zalatoris is I, I don't know what price is on Betfair but you, you must be able to make money on him it's just impossible his figures are just stunning you know he's um, second in approaches I think for the season this year second to green I mean I don't need to read it it's, it's there everything he does apart as you say from the flat stick and last year here uh, that was 17th he led the approaches plus 9.5 he was 30 at green 10.5 um, you know, and it, it, his pattern was the worst to the top 70. Uh-huh. I think it's better now. And I think, I, I, again, you're not saying that Zalatoris isn't going to repeat that. This isn't a fluke. This isn't like, oh, again, I'm not knocking, I'm not saying Richard Mansell, I'm just going to do it. Right? <laughs> you're not saying, for example, for example, Richard Mansell suddenly found something. Yeah. This is what Zalatoris does every single day, every single week, every single tournament. Mm-hmm. So it's purely a matter I've been 35th in pain. That's all he needs to do. Um, and one day it's going to happen. And when it does, his price is just going to collapse for, forevermore. He, I, um, I think it's. I think it is. It, he is the most prime candidate to do what Scotty Scheffler's done. Like he's the only one, isn't he? I mean, to be honest. Yeah, I guess so. I think. I think just even amongst like even the likes of even the more established ones already, just because I once you once you found the confidence. To make the short putts because it's not his long his long putting is absolutely fine like anything from kind of 20 30 feet 15 feet is absolutely fine he makes them it's just he has that kind of little yippy action over the short ones um it's nothing to do with the fact that i don't think he can win other than the fact i just didn't think he should be the same price as speed and almost as, as you two both come on to, to sam burns i i didn't look at sam burns because i looked at Jordan Spieth, and I actually thought Dustin Johnson was an interesting price at, at 22 mm-hmm. to 1 as well, because, and I'll just quickly wrap up the reasons why on that before you guys come on to Burns, because 
the, we saw visually how bad Dustin Johnson was with his driver at the Masters. Like he, he had to literally put it away in the end. He was he was so bad of it. He's he's not necessarily going to have that problem. The massive wide open fairways with no real uh, penal uh, incidents if he gets into the rough. Um, the, the ball doesn't necessarily run away if it gets firm and fast or anything like that. It's still zoysia grass, so no real issues there. He was ninth for the players, fourth for the match play, twelfth for the Masters, and he's priced like he hasn't. Well, he hasn't won for however long it was Saudi last year, but he's priced like he can't win, which which doesn't really fit with me. So I do thought I do think Dustin Johnson's a big price, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just really like Jordan Spieth, so I've just kind of pinned my mask to him, and, and that's it. But, Brad, I'll let you come on to the Sam Burns. Yeah, well, I just, uh, as you alluded to, we're expecting loads of birdies this week. I just didn't really overthink it, because Burns is just a birdie machine. Uh, seventh in birdie or better on the tour this year. Just gives himself loads of opportunity with his ball striking. And, and the difference is he converts, he converts his fair ch- share of chances, and... You have to consider par five scoring this week. They're all fairly easy to score. And Burns was 15 under on the par fives alone last year as he finished runner-up to Lee. And again, this year, he's showing his dominance on the par fives, ranking 10th in scoring on the tour. So, yeah, I just, it's just it was just an easy an easy choice for me. He ticks a load of boxes. And the last time we saw him at the Zurich, was at the Zurich Classic before sure They finished tw- second, played some great golf there. And I just think... You know, with the the major around the corner, he'd be looking to build on that and having a good uh, playing well at the TPC Craig Ranch. I mean, he has had plenty of joy here in the past. Second place last year, set the course record 62, and he blitzed the field by five shots in 2017 at the second stage of Q School. So he's had a, he's had some uh, he's had some joy in the past, and I just didn't really overthink it. I think 20 to one is is a fair enough price, not a great price, but just a fair price, and I just think he will go close this week. Yeah, I think I think they are managed to talk you into Spieth being a decent price. I think you two have managed to put me into Burns. As when you look at it, like we know he repeats for him. He's won the Valspar back to back. He was third at Sanderson before, and then won that last year. And you know, when you look at it, when he was second here uh, last year, that was two weeks after his first victory, and then the, the following mm. week he actually withdrew from the PJ. And I can't remember if he was injured or got COVID. I can't remember which way around it was. Um, but either way, he was either hurt or ill. And if he had COVID, he was probably not feeling 100% when he was at Byron Nelson. And he'd just come off the first ever career win. So, um, yeah, it's right up his alley, isn't it? There's, there's nothing more, really, that I can add. Jason, anything else you want to say about Sam Burns? No, not really. The only thing is, he was second last year, ranking 45th in patting, which yeah. is um, worse than his average. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and it's again, it's not a fluke. He, he puts up these, you know everything he puts up the tee the approaches the around the green the tee to green he puts it up every single time um he's a proper player um a lot of people are on ne- next week uh and he post yeah uh, i'm not one of them but i mean you know i know like you know i don't know if you are brad yeah um, i took him at 91 quite early yeah. but i didn't put him up at all but it's, yeah, it's a... there's an awful lot of people on it was put up on a whole load of um whole load of uh, sites um mm. so you know whether it's a curse that he wins this week or not i don't care because i'll be on so <laughs> Hope yeah. wins this week. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those ones. I think I think you have to figure out in your head what you think Sam Burns in. Do do you think he had a career year and it's never going to be, you know, there's all career 
however long it's been, it's been over a year, isn't it? Do you think he's had a, a real purple patch or do you think it's sustainable? And when I think more about it, he's, he's younger than you think he is because he mm. came around so early. Um, every time he's won since that first win, it's looked really strong, I think. You know, he's kind of come back from, he beat Figala, didn't he, at, uh, at Sanderson Farms where he shot 65, 67 over the weekend. At Val Spar, he obviously showed Davis Riley how to win. Um, yeah, I think I think he's good. So it's actually a really hard tournament to. There's but, a few good options up the top. Yeah, like, I don't. Comic. Sorry, I mean you've had so many outsiders winning this that you automatically try and sort of come away from the top. Yeah, but well, this is much stronger field than last year. I think is important oh, to to mention, isn't it? And. The only thing I would say, and he's going to win this week now because I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say it. When do you give up on Zander Schofle if you're a follower of him? Uh, you know, you don't. You just come back for the green jacket every year. <laughs> but then, but he <laughs> just, <Until> he dies. <laughs> it, it, to me, like his price, he never moves price. Ever. I don't get it. How does he not move price? Like even Spieth went out to forty, fifty to one, and he's he's a multiple major champion going for the Grand Slam, like. Dustin yeah, Johnson's I, big I, name. I, I don't get it. I don't agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't understand why he never moves. I mean, it suits me because it means that he takes up a place in the book. So I don't necessarily know. That I want him to go to 40, 50 to one, but um, I don't get it. I mean, when when I say Will Zalatoris is too short, I'd a hundred times out of a hundred bet him over Xander Schauffele at the moment. Like, yeah. I know. I guess it's just the numbers that Xander puts out in terms of strokes game, but. There's just just something between the old ears that that doesn't work, does it? So, um, anyway, move on before someone clips that out and it makes me look like an idiot. But uh, Taylor Gooch was... We love the Gooch. (laughs) I went back and forth on Taylor Gooch for a a really long time this morning. The first part, because his his actual recent stats are not the best. Um, You know, if you look at tall tips in terms of T-screen and approach, they're not massive. Um, But that does doesn't include obviously the masters or how he played at the match play um he was 14th on debut at the masters so i think that's very impressive from the off isn't it i think was he one of the was he the highest ranking yeah i think he was tied? i think he was joined was it was harry Hicks was the other yeah, one yeah. so and Lee as well there was three of them wasn't there so yeah you know he had that going for him He's already won the RSM Classic, which is a low-scoring event. He finished seventh at Bay Hill, which shows that he's kind of adaptable, uh, you know, over different types of tests as well. He's played well at that Desert Classic, which is a big, you know, low-scoring event. He's got the two, and this kind of stuck out stuck out to me was the two fourth-place finishes at Houston. Like I like the yes. fact that he's played well at Texas. I, I noted that as well. Yeah. Because what he shot, he shot 21 under, didn't he? 2019. Finished fourth, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I looked at. Oh, he, he can go low. He, he's proven he can like to, uh, he can like compete in these low scoring events. So yeah, and that's that. As sorry to butt in. That's fine. That 13th in birdie or better percentage, you know, it, yeah. it shows that. So yeah. I'll, yeah, th- 13th birdie and better, fourth in par fives, which is obviously massive. Yeah. Um, and also, and by the way, they're they're a completely different test. So. Do not think I'm talking about that. Uh, although I do, is there Zoysia Grass at Riviera as well? I think there might be. I'm not entirely there's, sure. On that. There's, there's a lot of Genesis. There's an awful lot of Genesis well, form. Because KH Lee is a massive Genesis yeah. player, isn't he? That's where we thought he was going to yeah. break through before. Burns. 
Yeah. Burns, Burns played well. Got it. Dallings uh, has got it there. Kanga's got a second at Genesis. Schwartz has played well there in the past, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is a thing, then obviously that's where he was playing. That's where we saw his course form coming up. Uh, like I think he had top 10s there, or a 10th and a 12th yeah. there before he was actually you know, come on the scene. So I think there's a, a lot to like about Taylor Gooch. And I don't think it's necessarily mm-hmm. the same sort of test as that because it's mm-hmm. a lot easier. But like Jason just said, and, and, and said it better than I did, he just covered all those people that... I mean, I just saw KH Lee, remember Riviera, remember Phoenix, and just point those two courses to it and, yeah. and make an easy thing. But, um, yeah, Taylor Gooch for me, Brad, at 40 to 1, 8 um, places. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a, a good, fair enough price. And he's played here a lot as well. Like, I mean, more than most in the field because he's gone through like all the Corn Ferry Tour Q School stages. I think he has, like, a, they're not great, but 17th, 21st, the 7th. And then he was 39th last year. So, I mean, he's got the experience. Uh, I mean, he's played the course a, a lot more than a lot of others uh, <coughs> competitively. So, there's that as well. So, yeah, like him a lot. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, when he was 39th last year, I don't think he was, you know, the player he is now. I think he always had no. the kind of potential, wasn't he? But um, he, he's kind of definitely broken through. He wasn't even in the same sort of form. I think he'd finished fifth at the players not long before that. But... <laughs> He's just been really solid. Like when he's made the weekend, I think making the weekend is obviously clearly the the only barrier for him because when he does that, he's he's top twenty seven every week. So um, get through the weekend and then he'll sort of climb his way up the leaderboard. So I like Taylor Gooch there. Don't love the price. I've got to be honest. Even at fifty to one, I was on an R in. So forty and forty five to one are you know on the on the borderline. But uh, yeah, I like him enough to bet him. Jace, any for you in the kind of fifty odd to one range? Yeah, I like the look of two sort of here. Uh, one I'm not sure about. Uh, Johnny Vegas was one. Yeah. Um, ninth here, eight seated green in Texas. Ninth at Valspar in approaches. Uh, led the approaches last week. No, completely and utterly different test. But, you know, we know that. But led the approaches and was 20th tee to green, and that was off of losing six shots off the tee. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, yeah wasn't it his, well wasn't his best was. approach play and worst driving performance or something for ages? So. Yeah, that. That's the worry, is that it, it was so different, wasn't it? I mean, it's completely, completely different to what they're going to get this week. Um, having said that, you know, when you when you look back, as I say, on his Texas and Valspar form, it's it's fine. I just wasn't sure necessarily that he was the right price. When you look at Johnny Vegas, you expect to see him down at 80s and 90s, don't you? Yeah. Unless it's one of the second, like the secondary events, and then you, and then he's back up at 22-1 joint or something. Um, and he was the same price as one I really do like, which was Adam Hadwin. Yeah. Um, mm. Hadwin's playing lovely golf at the moment um we know he can shoot low he's got a 59 at la quinta which again is um there are correlations with the american express another low scoring pretty easy course um obviously one valspar and was tied seventh at valspar this year uh, fourth at texas this year um he's got the second and third at the career builder i've just said it's a low score he's got the tied sixth at genesis he's got a tied fourth at rocket mortgage which does link in as well um and his stats this year you know, he's off the tee. They're the worst, obviously, but we're not bothered about that this week. 15th in approaches, 23rd around, 28th tee at green, blah, 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 blah. Um, top 30 and three putt avoidance. He's going to give himself loads of chances. I like the fact that he's, you know, I, I don't mind taking these stats, but it's nice to see him recently. Hmm. Um, you know, like in his last, I think he's played seven or eight um, tournaments this year. And in, in 90% of them, he's been in the top 20. Um, for approaches and therefore Tita Green as well. I, I, I do like him a lot. Um, 
obviously he's got that one effort round here, which was a million years ago, 2012. But, you know, he's had a run round here. He likes it. He likes Texas. He's playing well. He's a winner. Yeah, I think he's one of those. See, I can't see Johnny Vegas contending against a Burns and a Zalatoris and beating them, whereas I can see Hadwin doing it. Um, so he's just going to get the vote over him. But, yeah, I'm confident that he plays well this week. So my addition, I haven't got anything extra to say on Hadwin because I think you've summarised that really nicely. My addition to Johnny Vegas, and I was looking into him for first-round leader, so 10 times in his career he's been within two of the first-round lead in Texas. So 37 times in total in his career, he's been within two of the first round, but 10 times in Texas, uh, which I thought you've was... Just, you've just... Excellent. You just give me a paragraph for tomorrow's article. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send it over to you in a, in a nice long-form um, version. The other thing that I was going to add to, to Johnny Vegas was he had a he had surgery on his arm, didn't he? Yeah, I put a lot of people off last week. Yeah, so he, he had surgery on his arm. He had a cast on on Instagram on the 4th of April. And he said, God willing, I'll be back on the golf course soon um, after playing through this injury for months. And then he's back already. So I would I would say that was probably what happened off the tee. I imagine he's obviously capable yep. of hitting his wedges, capable of hitting his irons, and maybe just not quite ready to unleash the driver yet. So I would say that would be the hesitancy I would have. Having said that, um, you know, 15th place. So it's, I guess maybe it suits him because he didn't have to go so low last week that I I guess he can get away with not pummeling driver all the time. I don't know. Um, but that would be my slight concern. So that's why I think I'm probably playing him in the first round leader market uh, rather than four rounds, just in case that injury kind of catch or recovery, I should say. I think he's, you know, he's over the injury, but kind of getting over it totally um, is what would put me off for four rounds. And then I just had a plethora of people I looked at. Sepp Stracker was interesting. Lanzo Griffin I wanted to put in just because of his record. Um... You know, recently he's been playing well, but he, last time I was really confident on Lanzo Griffin, he, he let me down uh, quite badly, which was, I can't remember, I suppose it was the Genesis maybe. Um, but he's 15th and 6th his last two weeks. He's obviously played, he's won in Houston. He won there in 2019, as you referenced uh, uh, Taylor Gooch before. So I thought that was interesting, but not enough in the price for me. Mito Pereira, I think this might be a good golf course for him. And Patton Kazaya plays well in Texas. All of those were kind of considered, but overall, I went with JJ Spawn in the end. And I just, I think when you look at JJ Spawn, he came back off that diabetes, you know, issue that he's had for I can't remember how long he said it was, but it, it was a significant amount of time. And I just want to now you kind of seeing how he's playing. You want to reference back to the last time he was really good at golf, and it's 2018. He had a third, two third place finishes, three first place finishes on the PJ Tour. A sixth, like he was just very, very consistent that year, and a ninth as well the year before, tenth again the CJ Cup. So 2017, 2018, he was just rock solid. So I think his form can last. He won the Valero Texas Open, so you've got the Texas link there. He was third in this event in 2018, but obviously on a different golf course. Then he led after round one here with Spieth shooting a 63, and he was seventh after 36 holes. And then you look at the fact that he was fourth in Phoenix, where KH Lee obviously had his career best finish before winning this. Um, I think there's a lot to like about JJ Spawn. Another probably candidate for first round leader. But I thought it was really interesting how well he backed up the the win with a 23rd uh, at the Masters. We do quite often see that people can kind of parlay it into two just based off adrenaline. And then he did miss that cut at the RBC Heritage. But it wasn't disastrous. I think he missed it by a couple of shots. It wasn't an issue, really. 
So I just thought there was plenty to like about JJ Spawn. So he would be my final selection at 100 to 1. Love that. I did, I did also look at Kurt Kitayama just because his form is just hard to completely ignore. Um, not necessarily sure it's the best golf course for him. Um, Luke List, I think, showed nice signs, but I don't think this is a kind of test. I think he wants it tougher. So, Brad, I'll let you come on to your final section first. Yeah, gone for Sahif Tigala, 125 to 1. He's just yeah. such a likeable guy. And the more I read and see of him, just convinces me he's going to have a serious future in the game. Just such a great mentality, outlook on life. Anyway, that's enough of me going on on about how much I love Sahif. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's got the game. He's got the game to go with it, and uh, he's he's been quality this year. Considering it's his first full season on the tour, he's only missed cut twice, and he has two top ten finishes. He was third at the Phoenix and tied seventh at the Valspar, so quality. And it was in fact these events that I actually had a closer look at because he hasn't got the best birdie or better average. He's ranking 89th on tour, but he's shown on quite a number of occasions that. He can get seriously hot. He can go low. And at the Valspar, he made 18 birdies, just four behind winner Burns. And at the Phoenix Open, he made 24 birdies, where only Scotty Scheffler had more birdies than him. I think he had one more or two more birdies than him. Um, so he definitely has the ability to show up in these low-scoring contests. Had a bit of dip of inform recently, but still continued to make cuts. And that 24th in Mexico last time out was pretty solid. Um, I think it was just a sloppy second round, 73, just let him down or else it could have looked a much better result. I just think he's just a massive talent, high ceiling, think he's got to be worth chancing in, in the triple digits in these events. Yeah, it's interesting because when, when you put up earlier that you were going to back him, I looked and the only two performances, because I like to look at the Texas stuff and he, he finished 62nd at Valero Texas Open and 61st mm. at Houston, that kind of put me off a little bit but then you look a bit more into it on tour tips and he shot 66 in the second round at the uh, the Valero as well which actually, uh, I think Bo Hoster shot 65, otherwise it was one of the rounds of the day and you know Phoenix with kind of shooed in there is a bit of a link with, with KH Lee so yep. yeah I, I can see it, i I think with Thigala, you're paying a bit of a tax because of the name. Like Everyone wants to be on Thigala for his yeah. first win, do you know what I mean? And I think I think that's a thing. Like, I think that's, you know, we that, see it. You are right, that has become a thing. Because, I mean, I think even, because, you know, Phoenix Open, everyone loves to watch the Phoenix Open as yeah. well. So that was like the the event, and he, everyone was, I think you didn't, if you weren't, if you didn't back the, have the win or all that, you, you were cheering for him, you yeah. know? To, to get it over the line. Um, so I think he gained a lot of fans that week, and I think that's sort of uh, reflected in the market a bit. Well, what I would say about that, though, is that whereas I think he's been punished a little bit for name value, in terms, well, he's not being punished, but we are as, as people who mm. want to bet him, um, Mito Pereira's half the price, and I, I think they're similar upsides. You know what I mean, I think yeah. probably Figala's actually probably got higher upside. It's just Pereira's gone through a purple patch of form, and and showed he can hang at this level. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think there's still juice in the price. He wasn't for me, but only because of that Texas thing that, that he could finish third here and fifth in another Texas event, and all of a sudden you think he's a Texas specialist. So um, <laughs> things change very quickly. I've backed Gooch off the back of two top four finishes and, and his birdie rate, and Tagala could, could do the same thing this season. So um, can change very quickly. Mm-hmm. Jason, were there any more for you? Uh, not, I mean, I, I did have to pick Yala written down on the short list. I wasn't sure, but yeah, it's um, 
I agree. He's, he's got a massive upside. I, I, for some reason, I can't tell you why. Um, so it's good. I want to be. I want to be somehow. If, if I can find a top hundred um, <laughs> on Luke Donald. Yeah. And Hit his irons well again, didn't he? I didn't want to be on Luke Donald when he was good. So why I want to be on Luke Donald now? I don't know. Um, but he's, he's five hundred to one now, instead of five to one. He's hitting his irons. Just he is hitting his irons really, really well. The yeah. problem is he starts at two hundred yards behind everybody else. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, I, look, it's worth a mention just because he has got it. He's got the, you know, he's obviously got the old basketball form. He's got hundred thousand wins and Honda form, which links in with um, KH Lee as well. He played, he played well last year as well, didn't he? I think he shot three he did, rounds 13, of 67. Yeah, and, and he's got a fourth and third in strokes gain approach lately. Yeah. Um, problem was, obviously, last week required accuracy, and that's what he's all about. This um, this week. He, he's bound to get left behind. But I thought it was worth you know, some sort of mention. What, what about top Englishman? Market. It's not a bad shout with people that have got yeah, the kind well, of attention. Might even get an each way price on. on the, I don't know. I don't know well, how. Yeah, I, I actually backed Aaron Rye to be top Englishman. Uh, I can't remember which tournament it was, and, and uh, Donald Dunning. Um, Probably the so, Bell yeah. Spa. Um, so yeah, yeah, of course it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are players here. There are players on my list that I wanted to play, and they're not playing. Um, but there we are. I mean, Brian Harmon comes up on my stats, but he can shut yeah. up. I'm not I, I can't. I can't look at Brian Harmon without laughing. So I don't, I don't want to no, play I, the game. I, I don't. You know, I just don't. Just don't. That's it. You know, it'd be like a one-player tournament, and I'd back somebody else. Um, just not interested. Um, so no, really. I, I, as I said to you, I, I, the last few days I hated this week. And, yeah, you've uh, been very vocal about that, actually, haven't you? Well, I told you, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, I, and I think it's difficult. I, I think. Um, that the, the top lot are great and the problem is we don't know how motivated they are and etc etc so now i'm done mate yeah yeah luke donald three rounds of 67 or better here last year 65 opening 66 67 over the weekend 25th last week 16th at the vows bar wasn't where he beat aaron rife top Englishman, but that was both his good performances so he's been really solid and i think i mentioned that it would actually be a bit of a Shame if he got the Ryder Cup captaincy now because he was kind of rounding into a, a little bit of form and I thought that the Ryder Cup would detract him from what he was doing and obviously Stenson's been given that now so I think he really has got a chance to uh, rededicate himself. I do think, you're right Jace, that he'll probably get left behind um, just because I do think it will go to a bigger hitter. With that said, like I said at the start of the show, I don't think it's worth pigeonholing these events because KH Lee isn't a massive hitter. Um, Sam Burns obviously was, but... You know, it's, I think, I don't top eight, top ten, probably best. Top 40. Top 40? Definitely going to, he's definitely live for that. I mean, what's he been top 40 in four events this season? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. I think I think he's probably someone that's worth Actually, I've just had a look at him as well. Yeah, he's, he's very, he's, he's quite appealing. Solid. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. It'll be big over, it'll be big over the other, over the States, because yeah, they don't have anybody over here, do they? So, yeah. um. I, think I, will, I will be interested to look at top Englishman uh, market for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those ones where like you do think that probably at 13 is probably the best he can do. Um, <laughs> that's fine. He'd be back in coming off the 67 last round as well, and with his approach numbers, it's kind of like why not huh? just throw a fire at him? Well, the thing is, I think I think the thing I like about Luke Donald is, and well, I thought it's about Jason Day, and it didn't transpire. When you get when these guys have been out of form for so long or have been to the world number one and then 
go away. A bit like a Martin Keimer did where he kind of went away for so long and then won the players and the PGA, right? Once they get back into contention, I think the old juices get back flowing. I think he's very capable of winning a golf tournament. Um, I just don't know the game's past him. Those other guys have got, mm-hmm. got yeah. the, the long hitting, haven't they? Whereas yeah. um, Luke Donald hasn't. But it just means he has to be perfect. And his irons have been, you know. It's just yeah. one of those things, isn't he's, it? He's uh, about 11 to 1 uh, each way first three in a nine-man market for top Englishman. Ah. Fleetwood, Fleetwood, Porter, Aaron Rye, Danny Willett, Lee Westwood, Luke Donald, Wallace, Taron and Skins. Nice. Is that with Bet365, is it? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen anybody else's just yeah. just getting their sight up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I didn't. I, I was looking as well around. I, I couldn't find any. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. It's not oh, bad. I think it's good. I think I think you can probably rule two of those out. And then you've got guys like Willett and Westwood that are coming back over from England and have got half an eye on the major next week as well. Um, mm-hmm. Polter, I wouldn't necessarily be uh, afraid of. Aaron Rye. I t- Aaron Rye is surprising me at the moment. I think he's been really, really... I don't know why I should be surprised, because he is obviously a very good talent, but I think he's he's turned up on the PGA Tour a lot better than I thought he would. Um, really is solid, and playing better golf at courses that I didn't think he could compete at. So um, hats off to Aaron Rye. Uh, I think I think he's been very impressive. Um, yeah, I'm rooting for him as well. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see him. It's just weird. I just can't get him right from a... Imagine he breaks through before Fitz. That would just be like... Well, just, I mean, him ahead of... I mean, he was already beaten Fleetwood at the Scottish Open or Scottish Championship, whatever it was, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. Um, it would make sense that he then beats them to the first PJ Tour victory yeah, as well. Yeah. What price do you want, uh, Donald, top 40? Go on, about looking. I would want, I would want three to one or four to one. Okay. okay. You won't be betting there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is he is he two to one? Is he? No, he's eleven to four. He's three six five. No, but I no, but wait. Bet three bet three six five never have the best odds for top forty. No, they don't. It's the only one I can. But yeah, but that's that's a good mark. I think we'll get three to one. I think we will get three to one. Um, and I think that's a bet. There you go. So all in on Luke Donald for top forty. No, I did not. Well, I said it probably ten years ago. Um, You sold sold us on him. It was was probably four to one to win one at one point. So um, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's interesting that there's there's some names that my first round leader column will bring out tomorrow. Um, Oh, we haven't even mentioned John Murphy for God's sake. No, John Murphy is playing this week. Um, (laughs) There's probably a reason we have not mentioned. He's he's probably going to miss the cut. I mean, I will be cheering for him. I will probably have a silly sentimental bet on him. Um, probably going to be intriguing. Old Hart Dupree's is in the field as well, isn't he? And and Ju Young Kim, who's just coming off a good result in Korea. Yep. Um, Tommy. Tommy Tommy Kim. Yep. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's there's actually a few few names in this field. I know Patrick Flavin's getting another run out, which is cool. and another name, which it won't be familiar for many, but Mac Meissner, who's been uh, playing on the Latin um, America tour, uh, he has been playing really well over there. Um, so yeah, he's someone to look out for. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's actually there's a few interest. Looking down in the field, there's a few interesting names who have got a, who are playing this week and got an opportunity. So 
And Cooper Dossie as well, who's on Mackenzie Tour. Yeah, there's, there's loads. It's, 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 a cool, it's actually a cool little field when you look real deep. <laughs> there you go. If you if you stuck around this long, you have had the dartboard throw of, of random names at the bottom of the field. Um, I'm going to add another one of those, just, just quickly. Um, Scott Kachuski, I think that's how you say it. Um, he's keeps popping up, doesn't he, for like his irons or whatever every now and then. Um, 18th at the Valero Texas Open three starts ago. And when, just when you look on tour tips as well, he was ninth at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship on his golf course and then 31st, which I'm guessing isn't very good uh, on a tour championship field. But, um, you know, just he's played here a couple of times. He's hitting his irons well, generally. So Scott Kachuski for maybe you can put him in with a top 40 double with Luke Donald and, uh, you know, ride off into the sunset. But, uh, yeah, I, I think we've got to that stage of the podcast where we don't need to talk anymore. Um I'm going to summarise my picks. Uh, do we summarise our picks for the first event or not? No, we didn't. No, so let's go back to that then. So, first of all, for the Sedal Open, I've gone for Victor Perez, 33-1, to 1, JC Ritchie, 50-1, to 1, Sebastian Soderberg, 80-1, and Eddie Pepperell at 100-1. to 1. Uh, Brad, I'll come to you first for the Sedal yeah. Open. Sedal Open, I've got um, Victor Perez. Yeah, I think anything around 33-1 to 1 is, is fine. Uh, JC Ritchie, um, 50 to 1. And uh, Kofstad, 125 to 1. Um, that's my three. Jace, one and done for Richard Bansall in the Sadao Open. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we dumped him, didn't we? Because you, <laughs> you made a great case for Richie. I'm going to think about him. Uh, Ryan Fox, I think, looks absolutely solid to yeah. give you a run. Um, <laughs> cheers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling. I mean, the rest I've got down is Danny Van Tonda, uh, Ewan Ferguson, Daniel Gavins, and, and I'll put Richie down because what you said, but Fox is the only one I could say, do I, who do I think actually got a chance of winning? It would be him. Just go one and done again like you did with Homer last week. It would probably be Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. I've, yeah, but he's, I mean, Homer was 40s yeah. and Ryan Fox is 22. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like... it is different. It is a different uh, prospect. Let's come to the Byron Nelson then. I'm really keen on Jordan Spieth, which doesn't happen very often. And when it does, it doesn't go well. So uh, proceed with caution. With, but I just think 22 to 1 is uh, a mad price uh, in Texas in the form that he's in. Uh, Taylor Gooch at 40, 45 to 1. I think it's good. Um, JJ Spawn at 100 to 1, I like as well. So those were the three main ones that I liked on the Byron Nelson. Uh, Brad, I'll come to you again. Okay, for Byron Nelson, I've gone for Burns, 20 to 1. Uh, Gooch, same as you, I think 40 to 1 is available, yep. uh, or 45 to 1, that's fine. And uh, Tagana, 125 to 1, is my last guy. And Jason, your picks for the Byron Nelson? Dan Burns, Willis Autorius, Adam Hadwin to win, yep. um, uh, and uh, Vegas, the Gala, and Donald in top somethings or other top people named Vegas, the Gala, and Donald. I think. I don't. I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier, but there is five Camerons in the world top 100 of the world golf rankings. Um, little useless golf fact for you: that if you are looking to have a child and you're looking to get them on the PJ Tour one day, you should probably name them Cameron because that is the most common name in the top 100. Uh, I found that out because I was looking at Cameron Young, uh, and when I typed in Cameron on the World Golf Rankings, all they popped up in the top 100. Uh, yeah. I, Do you know what? How, how over bet would he have been this week if he'd have played? Oh, 100%. And I, I'm <laughs> glad because it means I don't have to. I, I, I do want to bet him next week. I've got to yeah, be honest. Yeah. I do want to take him. Uh, I don't know what price he's going to be. He's obviously in the field now. Um, probably not big enough. But 
you know, I, I think he's really impressive. I think like Zadatorius, you know, both from Wake Forest. I think they're both capable of just winning any golf tournament. I don't think it matters which one comes first. Um, so yeah, strokes gained Cameron is is a real stat at the moment. So um, I think that, I think the next I think the next nearest challenges are Matts. There's three Matts in the top 100. So uh, after Matthew Fitzpatrick demanded a name change to Matt, um, but that's it for the Lost of Words podcast. I think that is that is where we will end that. Unless there's any under, any other order of business, gents. No, it's nothing for me. Anything for you, James? No, uh, no, no, thanks, mate. No, no, so all done. We will be back for the PGA Championship next week, second major of the year. Uh, look forward to that, and thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm.